with this short clip. Amen. Woo. Who enjoyed that? Man, there was a message just in that, wasn't there? Hey, you have to be connected to the head and you have to be connected to the body. And sometimes there's a bit of tension. But we all have a part to play in the kingdom of God. So God, we want to thank you for this day. God, we thank you. As we've already heard in that musical clip before, your goodness follows after us all the days of our lives. God, we want to thank you for your goodness today. Lord, we just submit ourselves to you. We submit to the working of your spirit of God in us and through us. We thank you for your word that is the word of truth. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the spirit of truth. And we thank you for the message that, you, that you're going to speak to us as a whole today. But we thank you for the things that you're going to speak into us as individuals today as part of the whole. Oh, so we just submit to you. We welcome your ministry, Holy Spirit, as we open the word today. And the people said, Amen. I'm not really sure where we're going to get today and how far we're going to get today. But I want to just share something about the early church being a standard for today. You know, because things change. Society has changed a lot in 2,000 years. In fact, society has changed a lot in 20 years. I often share about 25 years ago when we started this pastoring, leading church's journey that there was no internet. Yes, I'm that old. There was no internet. There was snail mail. It was called Telstra Easy Mail. That was the first sign of email. And it just used to go through your phone line and it used to go beep, 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 beep. Does anyone ever know? Anyone remember? Okay, there's a few people that are, you know. So something's changed. Society's changed. But the, but the truth is that the gospel hasn't changed. And the truth is that the principles, the, the standards and the principles that the Holy Spirit birthed into the early church should never change. 
The problem with the church in our nation is, is that we've allowed the world to shape us too much rather than us actually being the salt and the light to shape the world. Is there an amen to that? We've, we've, we've had this thing where we, where we add Jesus to our life. It's like, come and say a prayer and add, and add Jesus to your life. We don't use the word add, but we kind of like, it's really what it implies. You know, you've got an area that you need help in, Jesus will help you. And we pray a little prayer and it's like people just add Jesus to their life. But no, the true gospel is that Jesus actually becomes your life. He, he without him, we are nothing. Everything around us is temporal. And Jesus calls us to live for the eternal, not the temporal. We need to get back to the true gospel. The gospel that says, unless I'm born again from above, I cannot enter the kingdom of God. I cannot even see the kingdom of God. To be born again means that the old is gone and that the new has come. And we see in the early church, which we had to look at, how they stepped into things, how they stepped into certain standards or certain principles that caused the change that then caused the transformation of their society. And the question is today, who here believes that Bundaberg can be saved? Who here believes that Bundaberg can be changed in a sense that the crime rate can drop, the drugs and the addictions can, 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 can drop, that broken families can be reconciled? Because this is the work of the gospel in and through a group of people. Jesus just didn't come to start a church that was pretty and well and organized. No, he came to save and redeem a people that in the overflow that there was a redemption of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. I was in, I was in prayer yesterday and I was just reminded back, back in Judges. Yeah, we're going back into Judges. Chapter 21. Verse 25, and there's this, there's this statement that like, speaks volumes even to today. And it says, there was no king in Israel, so everyone did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Whoa. There was no king, so everyone just did what they thought was right in their own eyes. And unless we submit ourselves and we yield ourselves to the kingship of Jesus, we too will just do whatever is right in our own eyes. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is not this, I'm running away and I'm hiding from God. It is a reverential awe and respect of God. That He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. That He gave His Son for us. And we need to yield, we need to, we need to die to self. And we need to recognize that Jesus is not just our Savior, but our Lord and our King. Is there an amen? You see, because if He's not our King, we will continue to do what we think is best. And the world shows us that if we just do what we think is best, it's like folly. Proverbs 29, it, then I was, as I continued to pray, I was just thinking, and I came through into Proverbs 29, verse 18, and it says, without vision, the people perish. My translation, 
that I read, the Christian Standard Bible says, without prophetic revelation, the people run wild. Without vision, the people perish. You know, that is, that is, that is true for us. If we do not have vision, we just wander. We just do, again, whatever we think is right in our own eyes. It is important that we have vision. It is important that we have a prophetic revelation. When I talk about vision, when the Word is talking about vision, it's not talking about just dream something up in your own head and go after it. No, it's talking about something that comes from God to us. That is the vision. That is the prophetic revelation that God brings forth. And it gives you a sense of purpose in your life and you stay the course and God is faithful. I want to say to you, just being really honest, some of you have traveled this journey with us for eight, eight years now. Some of you are just here for the first time. When we first moved to Bundaberg, I tried to leave about a thousand times. No kidding. I reckon I had three thoughts every day. This is too hard. Just want to get out of here. We really looked at leaving. Even over the seven years of pastoring, it's like, man, this is really hard. Maybe we should just go somewhere else. Well, it's not. But it's not about. It's, it's, we had a prophetic revelation from God that Bundaberg was part of our destiny. He gave us a word about Bundaberg. And so if we decided to run away because it was too hard, we're actually running away from the very thing that God called us to do. And the problem with us is if we don't bow before the king, that is, we, we are all guilty of that. We get a word from God. I don't know how many times over 25 years I've, I've, I've had people come to me personally and say, God has called us to pray with you. God has called us to stand with you. God has called us to be a part of the church that you are leading. And then within a few months or maybe a couple of years, they've totally disappeared. I don't know how many times I've lost count of people that said, God has told me to, that I'm to stand there and I've got your back. I'm going to pray for you. And then six months later, they're gone. So either God didn't stay or in the midst of hardship, they choose another option which is the wrong option. I put that clip on because it shows that we have to be connected to the head and we have to be connected to the body in order to fulfill our purpose. Right across Australia, there are people wandering, looking. There are people that are carrying bruises. And I don't know about you, but we've probably all been hurt by somebody. Hands up who's been hurt by somebody in their life. We carry stuff. We, have, we carry stuff with us. But I'm so thankful that he's a God who loves. He's a God who heals. He's the God of second chances. He's the God who restores. He, that's, that's who he is. And we do our best to represent that as we continue to yield to the work of the Spirit in our lives. No one's perfect. No one's there yet. That's why Jesus said to him who, who is without sin, cast the first stone. No stones were thrown that day because there is not one without sin. We need vision. 
We need prophetic revelation. We need something to grab a hold of because when things get tough, that sounds like a Billy Idol, a Billy Joel song, or no, Billy, Billy, Billy Ocean, Billy Ocean. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Yeah, that's all right. Anyway. Sorry, things pop into my head sometimes that I probably shouldn't, shouldn't say. But we need something that, that, that helps us stay the course. And this is what the early church had that is missing in today's society. The early church had a prophetic revelation. The early church had vision. And they, they had purpose. And they weren't going to be moved from that. And I would say today, to us that are here, but to the church in our nation, we need fresh prophetic revelation. We need vision. We need it. And we need to stay the course because if we stay the course, God is faithful and He will do it. You know, we had seven hours of prayer and fasting. And it reminded me of back in Tasmania, we, as a group of churches, we had 40 days of prayer to start a year. 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. And after the 40 days of the church in Launceston praying together, the pastors looked at each other and went, you know what, this shouldn't stop. This should keep going. So one of the churches, the Presbyterian church, took it on and they prayed for 40 days and people went and joined them. And then another 40 days, the Baptist church took it. And another 40 days, one of the Pentecostal churches took it. And then the church that I was leading at the time took it. And it was 40 days, 40 days, 40 days, 40 days, 40 days. Do we have a vision for prayer? Do we believe in the core of our being? Do we believe that when we pray, things happen? When we seek God and we, and we pray in accordance with, with His plans and we hear what the Spirit is saying and we pray in the things of God, do we believe that things can shift and things can move? I'm not sure that the church in Australia does. Because our first priority should be prayer. We see it in the book of Acts. We see the Holy Spirit. There are so many miracles in this passage that we haven't got time to look at them all today. But there is miracle after miracle after miracle. The first miracle was that they were all together in one accord praying. Anyone else think that's a miracle? One accord, praying. I kind of say to myself, what would it be like if all the Christians in Bundaberg came out of their buildings and we gathered in the park and we just had a big prayer meeting? We probably need to. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied where Bundaberg is. I'm not satisfied with, with what's happening in our city. I'm not satisfied with the darkness that is operating in our city. That was the first miracle. The second one was that they actually waited. Because Jesus says, wait. I, I think our society is even worse at waiting than what they were. They didn't really have these like things called watches and phones and stuff where you, you, know, you have to go somewhere and you have to be somewhere. But they waited. They took the word of the Lord as a word of God. They waited. And they prayed and they continued to pray. 
And on that day, the day that God had appointed on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Is there an amen? We need a fresh Pentecost in Australia. We need a fresh baptism of the Spirit and fire in the church, in our nation. Is there an amen? Programs don't do it. Things, those things don't cut it. It is the presence, it is the power, and it is the glory of God. And we need to get to a place of desperation where we say, God, without you, we're not moving from here. Without you, we are nothing. And apart from you, we can do nothing. That even sounds like Jesus speaking in John 15. That's what he says. The next miracle, I'm missing, as I said, I'm missing a few miracles in here because there's so many miracles. The Spirit came and there were tongues of fire that separated and rested on each one and they all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And it says that people from all the different regions came in and they could hear the gospel in their own language. Another miracle. Another miracle. People hearing the gospel. This was, this was the birth of the new covenant where God said, he said, I will give you a new heart and I will remove your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and I will move you to follow my decrees. That is what Jesus has done for us. We, what we couldn't do for ourselves, he has done for us. Oh, that we would learn to yield to the Spirit of God more and more rather than just get involved in try harder Christianity. When we get to the place where we go, God, I can't do it, but you can. That is the place where he moves. Is there an amen? Peter, another miracle. Peter stood up and began to preach. You know, for those of you that have read the Bible enough, been around Christian circles enough, Peter was an interesting character. Peter was always the one that just jumped out first. He just jumped out first, you know. No, Lord, not me. I should never deny you. Get the sword out. I'm going to defend you, Jesus. Cut the ear off. Probably the best one, which is really speaks volumes, when Jesus was walking on the water, he said, Lord, tell me if it's you and I'll come. And Jesus said, come. And he was the only one that got out of the boat and learned or experienced walking on water. You know, God takes our stuff and uses it for his glory. Peter felt lost because he denied Jesus. He denied Jesus three times. He felt lost, but the Lord totally restored him as he said he would. And here on the day of Pentecost, the one who said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, was the one that delivered the first message. And some people liked that message and some people rejected that message. That's not so much a miracle because that still happens today. Some people like the message and some people reject the message. But the miracle that happened was that the Spirit of God moved and that 3,000 men, apart from women and children, were added to the church that day. And the church was born. 
the body came into being under the headship of Christ. It's Jesus' church. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prosper. There's something to stand upon in the midst of battles. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prosper. That should put us on the offensive straight away. We're here to take territory. We're not here to hold ground. Three thousand added to the church. They had a vision of Christ that day. That's the starting point. You need a vision of Christ. The anointed one. The saviour of the world. The one who came and gave his life for you. We need a, we need a, we need a vision of Jesus. Because Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. Many get shipwrecked in their faith because they lose sight of Jesus. They lower their vision and they start to look at other people or they start to look at circumstances and so their faith gets shipwrecked. And the enemy's always prowling around like a lion looking to devour somebody. You know, Adrian, when she preached the message about the lion because Jesus is, you know, like the lion of Judah. But the enemy is like a roaring lion and she so beautifully brought that out through the story of a lion, a prideful young cub who wanted to be the top dog. Doesn't that sound like Satan? And he was, you know, that's, that's what happened. And of course he gets kicked out of the, the pride or whatever. They, is that what a group of lions are? Pride? He gets kicked out of there because of pride. That's kind of funny, isn't it? Harry's pride and he gets kicked out of the pride. Anyway, not, that's another story. And but then he's not content with that. And so the roaring lion, the devourer, looks for people that he can draw with him. We need to keep Jesus front and center. You know, people will let you down. Circumstances will, you know, uh, let you down. Programs, churches, things will let you down. But Jesus will never let you down. He won't let you down. They had a vision of Jesus. And not, not just that they had a vision of Jesus, but they received the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I think we need to experience the fellowship of the Holy Spirit more and more. Is there an amen? The Holy Spirit is not some impersonal force like Luke Skywalker who says the force is strong with this one. The Holy Spirit is a He. It's a person of the Godhead. He's your comforter. He's your teacher. He's your empowerer. He manifests the presence and the glory of God in your life and through your life. And the church without the Holy Spirit is not the church at all. The church without the Holy Spirit is actually not the church at all. We can, we can say, oh yeah, God, you are here in this place. But we need to see greater manifestations of the glory, the presence of God, where people say, the Lord is with you. The Lord is in this place. The gifts of the Spirit that were given through the Holy Spirit were not just for 2,000 years ago, they're for today. It says until He comes. 
why have we shut these things down? We need a revelation. We need a vision of Jesus. We need a vision of the Holy Spirit at work in us and through us. And what the Holy Spirit desires to do through you, is there an amen? But then they had more. Because it says from that point on, in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. That's like our staple diet. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You know, we are extra blessed, if I can use that terminology, because not only do we have the gospel, and not only do we have Matthew, Mark, Luke and John's account of the gospel, not only do we have that, but we have Paul's letters to the churches from the early church perspective. And as a spiritual father, how he raised them up in Christ. We are blessed, but we need to devour. We need to get into this. We need to get into the word of God and not just read it, but allow the Holy Spirit to bring it to life. Is there an amen? There are too many people that are diverting from the word of God and they're taking a word or, or a verse out of context. And it doesn't say that at all. Paul said to Timothy, he said, present yourself as one who diligently handles the word of truth correctly. There are far too many YouTube and other preachers and stuff who are not handling the word of God correctly. We need to get into the word together. There is nothing like sitting around a table in someone's home with about, I don't know, 8, 10, 12 people and just opening the word together and reading a passage and saying, God, speak to us. They devoted themselves to it. Every day they're in the word. I'm not trying to put pressure on anyone. God's not trying to put pressure on us because it's not about doing the religious thing, but it's as we yield to the spirit of God, we actually desire it. Can you hear me? It's not a dutiful thing. You must, you must, you should. Oh, I'm feeling condemned right now. You know, no, 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 it's not that. It's this, if we have a revelation of Jesus and, we, and if we're walking in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we'll want to get into the Word of God because there's so much life and truth in it. Amen? They, then they devoted themselves to the fellowship. I was watching a YouTube clip during the, well, it wasn't a clip, it went for three hours. One of my intercessors from 25 years ago, back in Tassie, who still prays for us today, he sent me this, 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 this clip, this, this, yeah, clip, anyway, this three-hour long thing. And I haven't got time to get into that today because I'll be speaking for too long. But it was from a witch who became a warlord in the occult who then found Christ or Christ found him. And he got delivered out of witchcraft and the occult. And he's amazing. The stuff that he shares about how they target Christians and believers who carry spiritual authority. He said, we are not interested in the lukewarm, apathetic church. We are only interested in those that are standing and contending for the promises of God in their city and their region. But he said this. He said, Christians do not understand the power of covenant because he said, when people stand together in agreement or covenant, doesn't that sound like a leader's word last week? When we stand together in covenant and agreement and give the enemy no room, his declaration was that we were powerless. 
did you hear that? Like, did you hear that? The enemy is powerless when we choose to stand together with our brothers and sisters and agree with heaven and agree with one another. What are we agreeing over? We're agreeing over his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are agreeing together and we allow nothing to separate us. No offense, no bitterness, no difference of theology, but we stand together in Christ. I was like, wow, that is amazing. In fact, the testimony that he was sharing, before I move on, because that's probably enough, is that there was a group of Christians that had covenanted together to pray for 90 days. And it was at day 70. And the witches and the warlords and the occultists had a meeting about how they were going to break up this prayer meeting because the declaration was that they were told that they were going to be shut out of this area of Uganda for 70 years if this prayer meeting kept going. We need to lift our vision. So they they devoted themselves to the fellowship. And we see the practical outworking of that. If someone needed a bed, they got a bed. If someone needed food, they got food. If someone needed a a hand with something, they got a hand. We live in this fragmented society where we come to church and we do our thing and then we go and live our life the best that we live it. And I'm not really sure how we get to that because, you know, we, we live so distant. Like they live within walking distance to each other. And so they were walking and they were breaking bread from house to house. Why? Because they live around the corner. But maybe we can encourage the people of Thabibin to start to live life more together. Maybe we can start to encourage the people of Abagara to start living life more together. Maybe we can start to get little clusters of groups of people starting to live life together in the suburbs. Man, that even sounds like church. You're very quiet. Are you still with me? Nearly finished. They devoted themselves. They recognized the guitar strings. Well, they didn't because, you know, they had to be connected to the head and they had to be connected to the body. And it was only when they were connected to both that they actually fulfilled their purpose. We need connection more than ever. This world is trying to separate and divide people because of race, gender, theology, background, ideas, you know, whether you've had the, yeah, you know, vaccines or not. There's all kinds of ways that our society is trying to divide us. More than ever, we need to go, no, no, my vision is Jesus. And because my vision is Jesus, my vision is my brothers and sisters. And because my vision is my brothers and sisters, we're going to stand together and we're going to believe that God is not finished with Bundaberg yet. We are going to believe that God is not finished with this area of Burnett yet. But we have to get back to doing life together in some form, in some way. I've said, I've said the last few weeks, when was the last time you invited someone to church? When was the last time you invited someone around for a meal? to your home, just around the table. When was the last time you did that? That is something that most of us, if not all of us, can do. 
reach out to someone and say, will you come for a meal? Eddie wants to be invited, okay? He's in. Go and invite Jill and Eddie. Bless them. Absolutely. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. This is the communion aspect. This is not the breaking of bread in terms of sharing of meals, but this is that they never forgot what Christ did for them. Let us never forget what Christ has done for us. Every hour, every day, Jesus. I love it when I hear people breaking bread. We break bread in this way every Sunday. Some churches only do it once a quarter or once a whatever, and I'm like, what? We have home groups that break bread. We have prayer groups that break bread. We have people when they visit people in, in, in homes or hospitals break bread. Let us never, ever forget what Jesus has done for us, amen, and the covenant that we are in because of what he has done for us. And then the last one was that they were devoted to prayer. That's one of our signs. My house will be a house of prayer. Nothing happens without prayer. God is looking for a people who will pray. You pray. You pray in your homes. You pray for your marriage. You pray for your family. You pray for your business. You, you pray into circumstances. You pray for other people. You pray for the church. You pray for those who are in government. That's what the Word of God says. You pray for our nation. You pray for the peace of Jerusalem. There is so much to pray for. And God is looking for a people who will pray. Use the journey in the, in the car to pray. Switch off the, the music and just start praying or at least turn it down. We need to get back to prayer. The enemy knows how powerful it is when God's people join together and pray. He always targets these things that he knows carry power. That's why he targeted repentance so that there's this, there's this message out there that you don't need to repent anymore, that, you know, you repent once and you never need to repent again. That's out there on the airways. It's on the TV. It's on YouTube. It's, it's being preached in churches. You don't need to repent because Christ has done it all and you don't need to. Well, why did he say to the churches in Revelation who had been traveling for many years to repent? The Greek word for repentance, metanoia. Be changed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's repentance. You see, he'll always target the things that carry the most power. Anyway, let me finish with this. On the back of those things, on the back of the vision of Jesus, on the back of the encounter with the Holy Spirit, on the back of these things, the, the Word of God, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer, it says that everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being, were being performed through the apostles. I'm so thankful to be amongst a group of people that believe in the power of God to heal and transform people's lives. Amen. Somewhere, somewhere, every week, someone is praying for someone, for healing, for deliverance, for, for breakthrough, spirit, soul, body. And I'm so thankful that we are a people that believe that is still happening today. And all the believers were together and they held everything in common. Praise God. 
They even sold their possessions and property and they distributed the proceeds to all. And every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. That is corporately they met together. I've seen people like say, oh no, the church is not, you know, this, the church is only that. But here in the early church, they met together corporately in some way to hear the word, to hear the teaching. But then they also met together house to house. And they ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. I would say that the goodness of God was being so manifested that people were saying, I need what they've got. Because my life, for what it is, is being shown for what it is in the light of the goodness of God through these people. And then we say, we read the word, every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. I encourage you to read the book of Acts because you can trace prayer, you can trace fellowship, you can trace the word of God, you, you can trace the testimony of Jesus, you can trace the moving of the Holy Spirit through the whole book of Acts. We're not looking back to go forward, but God is wanting to breathe afresh on his people. He's wanting to breathe afresh on his church in a way that we would start to arise and be the people of God in our city and in our nation. Is there an amen? So my prayer, as we continue on the journey, is that Jesus would be the center. Jesus be the center of it all. Jesus be our focus. Jesus be the center. And that we would not live for ourselves. We would not live for the things of this world. We would not just seek to build ourselves earthly recognition or anything, but we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The music team can come. I shared last week as we were closing the service, as we sang the song, I Speak, um, I Speak Jesus. That there are people, and I want to just say it again today because I, I, I'm still feeling it. There are people here today that are carrying something of God that has yet to come out. There are gifts, there's vision, there's ministries, there's callings, there's things that have been suppressed. There's things that have carried dust. There's the dust of the journey has just overcovered them. There's there's so many people that used to do something that now no longer do it. And I really feel God is saying to the church, it's time to arise and shine. It's time to awake. It's time to lift off the limitations. It's time to lift off those things that have suppressed you in the past. You need to lift them off because they're not of God. And we need to have a fresh vision of what Jesus wants to do in you, but also through you. Jesus, you are our king. You are our king. Lord, we yield to you afresh today. We thank you for your love that never fails. God, we thank you that you are faithful in every way. We thank you, God, that you always finish what you start, God. We read, it is written, for he who started a good work in you will bring it to completion unto the day of Christ. God, we want to thank you. And this morning, we yield afresh to you. We yield afresh to your lordship and your kingship. We yield afresh 
to the ministry of your Holy Spirit. And God, we pray that you would birth fresh vision in us. Lord, that you would birth fresh purpose in us, God. That we're not just here just to bide our time until Jesus comes or we go to glory, but you have called us to be part of something that is bigger than ourselves. And we thank you that you are the healer, that you are the redeemer, that you are the restorer. That you are the God of second chance, third chance, fourth chance. We thank you, God, that you never give up on us. Lord, we worship you today. We receive the fullness of what you have given for us. That we could be the body of Christ or part of the body of Christ in this city and this region. You gave your love for my to the cross you crucified all my sin and shame it was washed by you are the treasure I find my reason for living so because and on the earth, oh, let's give it all praise, all praise to all praise to all praise to Jesus Christ, our King of Heaven. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. You storm the gates of my The veil in between was torn apart. You hold the keys to the grave. But you bring things to life, roll stones away. All praise to the Lord. All praise to the one you save by. All praise to Jesus Christ, the King of heaven, my King of praise. All praise to the Lord. All praise to the All praise to Jesus Christ, King of heaven, my King forever. We worship you, Jesus. And I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down, my whole life before you. I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down, my whole life now is for you. And I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down, 
Jesus, then there is no better day than to know the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you're carrying, as Carissa has already testified, to the healing power of God, if you need prayer for healing in your body, you need uh, healing in your soul, you need healing from trauma and events in your life, the prayer team that are down the front, we're all too happy to pray with you today. God heals, God saves, God delivers. Is there amen? We have a beautiful morning tea out there. We have the gelato cart. Please stay around. Enjoy the fellowship with one another today. And let Jesus be the center in everything. Just got a word from the Lord to someone. Here I see a picture of a boat, and this person is in the boat. And they're rowing, but they're actually rowing against the current. And it's hard work. And I just feel the Lord saying, you need to turn the boat around and go the direction that God wants you to go. Because if you keep going the way you're going, you're going to fall off the precipice. Amen. We stand in agreement today. today. We declare this house open in Jesus' name, that the presence and glory of God would increase in this place and in the heart of our city. Amen.